We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Rep the Maps Step Back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the Maps Step Back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. And today, uh, less than 24 hours before the NBA trade deadline, we have Dallas Mavericks general manager Donnie Nelson with us. Donnie, how you doing today, man? Dalton and Matt, always a pleasure. Yeah, we, we, we always enjoy it when you get to come on and talk with us. And uh, it's, it's a busy time for you right now and for the Mavs. And, uh, you know, one thing that everybody is wanting to know, and I'm sure you've been asked about it a lot, um, but the trade deadline, it is, you know, less than 24 hours away. Uh, everybody's wondering what the Mavs are going to do during that time. You've been on this podcast before. And you've told us that trade season is like a fireman's existence. How often has that bell been ringing the last couple of days? Has it picked up? Well, it always rings. It's nonstop. You know, um, it's just, um, you know, 30 teams trying to uh, either get better or, you know, prepare for, you know, life in the lottery. So there's always communication activity. uh, How much of that, you know, transacts into uh, a deal, you know, 
remains to be seen. But uh, the bottom line is, we really like this young group. We uh, we want to uh, give them a chance to. We think they've earned the right to um, see what they can do here. Um, we're definitely trending in the in the right direction. Um, our last two mini series started out with losses, and we rebounded well. Um, and so we're coming together at the right time. And for us to do something, it's going to have to uh, be for really good reason. Yeah, that, that's what Mark told us. He came on the pod about a week and a half ago. Uh, and that's what he was telling us too. You know, unless y'all were just blown away by something, if it was like a star player that, you know, uh, a team was just trying to, uh, to move on from a guy looking for a new situation or, you know, a team just looking to get rid of some good players to get off of money. Uh, he, he basically told us to, to not get our hopes up too much. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You meant, so Donnie, you mentioned the team had, had been um, playing really well lately and it really, since that golden state game, it's been, you know, it, it's been a complete turnaround. It's felt like a totally different team. What do you think the secret has been behind that turnaround? Uh, I think it's health. I think it's, uh, you know, players uh, playing better uh, and it's chemistry. You know, I think those, those, uh, th those are the main ingredients. And again, you know, a lot of these guys haven't had a chance to, you know, with COVID and lack of practice and, um, you know, being in the isolation tank, a lot of these guys have just haven't had a shared a lot of, you know, quote unquote court time. So I think it's a combination of all those things. And, you know, with with the, with the trade deadline coming up and the team playing so well, it's it's a difficult time to try to you know balance all of this stuff. Obviously, you want to get better, but not at the expense of of you know disrupting things. So we won't get into specific players or anything like that, or or anything like that. But is there if you guys were to make some sort of move, is there a certain type of player that you see this team could could potentially need, or is there is there nothing really that you see that, is, that stands out to you? No, good question, Matt. I think I, I think if you look at all things, um, you know, Luca shooting always has its place. We want to be able to give him the freedom and open up, you know, the court for him to, um, as Mark Folliwell say, work his Luca magic. Um, I think uh, rangy athletic defenders uh, always will have their place in Rick's system. You know, with uh, Luca, you know, being the size that he is, he, um, you know, we can switch, you know, one, two, three, sometimes even four uh, with, you know, those lengthy um, athletic, you know, uh, defensive minded twos and threes. And so that will always have its place. And then, you know, I think you saw in the Portland series a little bit, you know, Cantor was able to throw his weight around some until, uh, you know, Boban kind of came to the rescue. And so I think, you know, to shot blocking will always have its place uh, in our defensive schemes. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe an eye on a little bit of um, fortification of our, our center bullpen, um, maybe a different, maybe in a different look in a different way. Um, that's another thing we have an eye on. None of which you should, you know, look for us to, you know, tamper with uh, really kind of our rotational type guys. We really want to give these guys a chance to come together and grow together. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, as much as KP 
is capable of on the defensive end and the offensive end, but the, especially the, the defensive end, that's what helps out the most, in my opinion. It, it would be nice to uh, – if something came up to where you could, you know, add a guy into, into the rotation but that could kind of help him kind of lessen his load a little bit. So that would be good. Uh, Donnie, like I said, we, we had Mark on our pod recently, and he the way he put it, he said unless it was for – a game-changing star, that was his words, that you guys were, were unlikely to do much. Uh, so my question is, what do you personally consider a player who is a, a game-changing star over-the-top player? Does it have to be like a, a really big-name guy, or uh, could it be a guy who, you know, maybe his name doesn't blow you away, but uh, he makes a critical area of your team uh, substantially better by doing the little things? Well, I think Mark's, you know, really a game-changing star would be something that we would consider with our, let's call it rotational guys. If there was some player that um, could, you know, insure us into the uh, second round or get us, uh, you know, solidly planted in the top six, you know, those are things that you always look at, measure, and if the opportunity presents itself, you pull the trigger. Um, I think right. that, like, like I said, our, 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 you know, if you're looking at, um, you know, the rotational guys, I wouldn't look for much to happen there. You know, maybe around the edges is maybe where there's an opportunity to, you know, add a shooter, a shot blocker, or, you know, a wing defender, uh, or maybe upgrade a, a little bit. You know, those things, you know, those conversations are, are always had. Um, uh, this time of year. So Donnie, you know, obviously Mark also mentioned that, you know, you guys had some untouchable players and obviously Luca and KP are about as untouchable as it gets right now. Um, my question is how do you go through the process of evaluating a trade offer in terms of the other guys on your roster that you might not view as untouchable, but you still feel are really key parts of your team? Like how do you, how do you weigh whether or not that trade is is if the juice is worth the squeeze, so to speak? Well, I think everything, again, it starts with, you know, our, you know, young building blocks, you know, and, and do we, how does it augment? How does it support? How does it bring out the best in those, you know, young players? Um, is, it, is it a, uh, let's call it a, a solidification of, you know, the third best kind of star type quality guy. Um, can we trade, um, you know, uh, two Bs or three Bs for an A or an A plus? Um, you know, those, those are the kind of things that, uh, you know, every GM, you know, discusses and talks about. Look, there's, there's no such thing as a untradeable player uh, unless it's, you know, uh, worked into his contract. I mean, everyone's in this business, um, you know, has, has got their price. I mean, if um, some, you know, if Jordan was on the market, you know, everyone would be um, in his heyday, everyone would be back the truck up, right? So there's no such thing unless it's a contractual deal. Now, um, that being said, there's some guys that are as close as to as close to it because of what they mean to 
the, the team and the, the city uh, a la dirt, you know. Um, there were lots of opportunities for, you know, in the day, Dirk to leave Dallas, he didn't. And uh, we had no shortage of phone calls on Dirk. And we just politely said, no, he's, um, you know, we're gonna keep uh, this icon and build him into the tapestry and the history of the Mavericks and the city of Dallas and the Metroplex. So, um, but you know who those guys are. You've already mentioned them. Yeah, and um, obviously there's, there's different parts of a trade as well. Um, there's, expiring contracts there's draft picks and when you have a guy who's on a big expiring contract that could you know it could help it could in our opinion there's three different ways it could help you the player could you know he can help you on the court you could utilize that cap space in the summer or you could uh you could use that contract and trade talks with teams who might be looking to shed another long-term salary you know, how much do you take into account the future cap room for next offseason's free agency when attempting to make moves at the trade deadline in, in terms of staying flexible? Oh, so uh, th- those are front and center because, you know, again, you know, that, that every dollar is uh, precious. And um, so that's a... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Take factor in everything that we do. I think, you know, Luca's going to kind of take us into a new age. There's so many guys that I think free agents that, you know, see him being, um, you know, Jason Kidd and Steve Nash combination in a six, seven frame and um, fun to play with and the upside of, uh, the team and the market of, you know, the Metroplex and Texas and tax-free and warm weather and all those things. And so I, I think that, um, you know, even though we've taken our knocks in the past, I think that um, we're going to be in a different position, you know, moving forward. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. 
I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Donnie, I'm, I'm going to kind of go off script here for a second because what you said a little bit earlier, earlier about dirt kind of uh, uh, perked my ears up a little bit. And I know that, you know, there's no way you guys would ever trade Luca. It's not even a question, but I, I have to know. I'm curious. Have you gotten calls about Luca where it's just like, <laughs> you're probably respectful, but you know, it's kind of like one of those situations where you just kind of hang up the phone pretty quick. No, look, there's, uh, yeah, no, you're always respectful. Right. And, yeah. uh, no offer is a bad offer. It's just this simply saying, Hey, it's not a fit. Thank you. No, you know, thanks. You know, we've gotten some surprising call calls in the past. Um, you know, I think, you know, pretty much everyone knows that uh, the status of, you know, uh, our guys and look, that's not, I'm not comparing, you know, Luca KP or anyone else for that matter to the great one. You know, I mean, all these guys have a long way to go. Just kind of making the, the case that when you have a really special young talent, you know, you really want to, you know, keep those guys around playing together. And, and we feel we kind of have a, a nucleus that we'd like to, you know, barring a miracle or barring a great deal, uh, keep together. Donnie, Dalton and I are kind of famous among the Mavs Twitterverse, which is obviously a very small community, uh, for our view on the salary cap in the sense that, you know, we think cap space is a bit overrated and it doesn't actually matter in terms of acquiring players through free agency, meaning that, you know, basically if a player wants to come to Dallas, you guys are going to find a way to make it happen if you want that guy, despite not necessarily having that cap space available on paper, you know, so whether it be via sign trade or whatever the case may be. So I guess my question to you is, are we nuts for thinking that? No, not at all. I think it depends on a number of moving targets. You know, if you look at, you know, uh, let's say the Lakers, for example, all right, uh, or the Clippers or teams that are uh, legitimately uh, knocking on the championship door, right? Um, Brooklyn, um, those are the teams that are going to uh, rich get richer, win the lion's share of, you know, the the guys that get bought out because, you know, no one wants to be on the list of, oh, great player, but never won a championship. So you're always going to have, you know, the guys, you know, the names that are getting, getting kicked around now. And you know that the, 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 the names of those teams frequently come up uh, for those uh, veterans because they have the best chance to win. And, that, and, and, and so, yes, you get teams like that get great deals when it comes to, you know, guys will sign a veteran minimum versus making, you know, five or six, you know, million dollars someplace else because they have a chance to get a ring. So you factor in the success of the team, 
the other thing you factor in is the market. You know, uh, there's boon markets um, that you want to save up for. And, you know, there's markets when you want to keep your powder dry, right? And um, so you're looking at the names on the list. Um, and you're looking at the other factor is how much money is in the marketplace. You know, uh, there's more money than names this summer. So I think you'll see probably some guys get, you know, uh, overpaid. Uh, you have to balance that with COVID and everyone going through this belt tightening. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, the first, you know, call it three to five guys in next year's free agency, um, well, there'll probably be a bidding war and the price will probably go up and then it'll be a settling down period. Um, you just have to speak, you have to uh, shop intelligently. Um, and then the other thing is you're balancing all of that with your existing roster and the chemistry. And, you know, um, is a change, you know, is the change that you make now or in the summer, um, is it going to have, have uh, an impact on the chemistry in your locker room? You know, coach integrating someone, you know, is that going to cost you? you know, in this trade deadline, two or three games going into the playoffs. Um, you know, there's just so many things that go into those decisions based on where your team is um, in terms of, you know, positioning for playoffs, you know, win losses, and then measuring all of that against the, um, how your team is performing in the here and now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, we, we, we understand why there would be some, some hesitance, you know, to doing something that would really uh, potentially mess up chemistry because, and look, this will be the last thing we'll get you out of here, Donnie, but, you know, the team was 9-14 and 14 early on in the season and things were looking pretty grim and, you know, you had the, the stuff with COVID going on and KP just coming back and trying to get into a groove. And, you know, now the Mavs are 22-19. and 19. And a win tonight versus Minnesota and a Spurs loss, they're playing the Clippers. So a, win, a Mavs win and a Spurs loss tonight puts the Mavs in the seventh seed. Uh, so the team's hitting on all cylinders. And I just want to get your thoughts on, I mean, how optimistic are you about the second half of this season, given that, one, the guys have already seemed to turn things around, and, two, the remaining schedule isn't nearly what it was in the first half of the season. Oh, we're definitely optimistic. Um, how optimistic? It depends. Are we going to play like we did the last game in Portland or the game before? You know, right. it, all depends on, <laughs> it all depends on performance. Uh, the exciting part is Luca's uh, KPs and a lot of our young guys' ceiling, you know, Brunson, and you can go on and on. Um, some of these guys' ceilings, um, you know, we got another couple uh, floors to go, you know. So that's the exciting thing for us internally is watching our guys uh, get better and get better together. And, um, uh, yeah, there, there, there's no question that every game is critical and we want to avoid seven and eight. And one through four would, uh, would be great. Yeah. I know one thing, it would have been nice to have Jalen Brunson in the bubble last year. That's for sure. Especially how he's been Amen. playing. <laughs> but Donnie, look, we always appreciate you coming on here and talking with us. We know you're a really busy guy, so we appreciate you giving us some time. So 
uh go out there and uh do your thing man we, we'll see what happens in these next 18 hours or so appreciate the time always a pleasure all right you have Thanks, a good Donnie. one man we'll see you next time bye now all right, guys. Again, that was Mavs general manager Donnie Nelson. Uh, always a good time when he comes on here and talks with us. Um, Matt, uh, it was really interesting. And, you know, like I said, we it's not long until the trade deadline. The Mavs, they haven't done anything yet. I mean, really, nobody's done anything yet. Uh, but I think it's, uh, it's interesting that uh, there was a little bit – more optimism from Donnie, whereas, you know, Mark, he pretty much said that they weren't going to do anything um, at the trade deadline unless it was for a star, where Donnie, he was more open to, well, you know, if 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 we can upgrade around the edges, so to speak, uh, they would be open to doing that. So that was a hopeful sign for me. I mean, I, obviously they're working the phones. Uh, if they can't get something done, it's not like they're not trying. Uh, now if, if they can't get something done because people don't want the assets they have that, then you have the question of, well, how did these last couple of off seasons affect that? Then that's when you can get into the front office stuff. But, you know, in this specific moment, I don't think people can say, well, the Mavs just aren't doing anything, even though they're, they're, they're happy, uh, overall with the team, given all the COVID stuff that they went through because they have been playing better, Matt. Uh, they've been inconsistent at times, but uh, it's night and day difference from what we saw when they lost, what was it, six, seven straight games. So you can't really blame them for being optimistic there. And then you have the Lakers who are dealing with injuries. They're going to probably plummet down the standings. Uh, they're only – let me see here. I pulled up the standings. Like I said, a win tonight, a Spurs loss, the Mavs will be the seventh seed. And they would only be four games behind the Lakers for a top four seed in the West. And given the schedule that's <laughs> that's going the rest of the way, I mean that's I mean that's pretty good, man. I, I'm pretty optimistic about it. But anyway, what's your initial thoughts on you know what the Mavs might potentially do uh, before tomorrow? And are you going to be disappointed if they do nothing? Uh, I mean, I'll be disappointed if they do nothing, just because. I do think that they're still in need of some help. But, I mean, I think my favorite answer from Donnie was his his clarification of what the team considers a game-changing star or a game-changing right. player. I mean, the way that Mark worded it last time was, you know, it made it sound like unless they're trading for Kawhi, they're not going to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> when in reality, like what he means is a player that can help put them over the top, even if it's a rotational guy. Yeah, I mean that it doesn't have to be a superstar. A number of different things. Yeah, they could be open to John Collins. They could be open to Rashawn Holmes. They could be open to, you know, JJ. Red. It doesn't matter what it is. There's there's a guy out there that can help get them over to the top or make them significantly better without disrupting what's going on. They're going to do it, and I like the way that sounds. One thing I'm interested in, and it came up today on on Twitter, but, you know, we, we've talked about Lonzo Ball a little bit in the past, but not much. I think he'd fit in with this team really well. He's he's an excellent defender. He's a much improved three-point shooter. Uh, you know, his dad uh, isn't really in the picture anymore, so that's not an issue. And I saw a thing where it was like uh, it said the Pelicans might uh, the Lonzo Ball might be the reward for a team willing to take on 
uh, Eric Bledsoe or Steven Adams. And Steven Adams, he that would be a tough one to make work just because he's making $27 million this year. Uh, and then you'd add that to Lonzo making $11 million. And, I mean, it, it, it'd be hard to make that work financially. But uh, next year, Steven Adams uh, will make $17 million a year. It decreases. So, either him or Bledsoe. I mean, I'd, I'd be fine with any one of those uh options if the Mavs could make it work because then you get a a young key another cornerstone piece that could potentially blossom into a third star and then you get some help around the edges like Donnie was talking about whether that be uh Steven Adams in the front court or Eric Bledsoe and his defensive abilities you know as a backup guard or something like that so what what are your thoughts on that I mean I like it um it I love Steven Adams. Um, I think he's something that the Mavs could really use, obviously. I mean, he's very tough. He can rebound. He can block shots. Um, I just wonder what that, that package would look like. I don't know if the Mavs have the ammo to pull that off financially. If they do it with Adams, it would, ha- it would almost certainly have to have Tim Hardaway Jr. in it, and I don't know if they do that or not. Yeah, and I, I, don't, want, I don't know if I would do that or not because – as streaky as Tim is, when he's on, he's the second best – or not second best. He's the third best offensive player on the team, and he's very important. Right. Um, but to get, to get a guy like Lonzo who can defend on the perimeter and, and do different things and to get a guy like Adams, I mean, it would be, t- be very tough to say no to that as well. It's, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. And then Rashawn Holmes, a guy you mentioned, I mean, if he can be had from uh... – from Sacramento, you know, if they're not going to be able to, if they're not going to pay him this off season, that would be a huge get. Cause he's a big energy guy and the Mavs, I mean, they could pay him a decent amount this off season if they wanted to keep him. I think that would be a, a huge help for KP, uh, you know, getting some rebounds and just a high energy guy blocking shots. Uh, I read a thing earlier that he is holding opponents to like 9% less at the rim than <laughs> <laughs> than what play like on average from from what players uh, normally score at the rim, so uh, that would be a big get too. But uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be fun. We've got uh, uh, how many hours do we have? We got about twenty hours left until the deadline. We'll see what they do. I mean, I'm going to be two p.m. Central time tomorrow. Right? Yeah, two p.m. Central. Um, I, I'm not going to be disappointed if they don't do if if they don't do anything. Um, as long as they do something with James Johnson's expiring, you know, um, we'll, we'll see what they do. I just feel like they have to utilize that expiring because DeLon Wright, as much as we had our issues with him and everything, uh, him being inconsistent and all that, he was the Mavs, uh, featured move of the 2019 off season. And they unloaded that contract to get James Johnson's expiring in here. So if he's not going to have consistent playing time, I, I just feel like they have to turn that into something, Matt. But we'll see what they do. Well, we, we got a little bit of time left, and uh, hopefully they'll make everybody happy. But if not, we still have Mavs basketball to watch, and they're on the rise. And I think they have a real shot of getting into that top four in the West. So I think, uh, it, would be a, I think it would be a huge waste of an asset to not move that contract at the deadline. 
Yeah. I mean, even, even if they like, I, I see Victor Oladipo, uh, Woj just tweeted that he's in trade talks on several fronts and I don't think his value is near what the Rockets think it is. So I, I could see that being a deadline deal where the Mavs could get a guy like him uh, for, for next to nothing, because I, I don't think his him being an unrestricted free agent and the injury issues and all that stuff, uh, I think he'll definitely get traded and the Mavs have a chance there. So, all right, Matt, another one's in the books. Uh, guys, we appreciate you coming in and listening to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite platforms and follow us on YouTube because we are less than 90 subscribers away from 1,000. And as soon as we get there, one of you guys is going to win two tickets to the Mavs game of your choice. So be sure to do that. Uh, We appreciate y'all coming in and listening every single week. We're going to do a live locker room uh, later this week as well. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But we'll see you next time, guys. Y'all have a good one. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.